thank you, and thank you, Gospel Choir. Uh, I hope you were listening to the words of the song because they fit very well with what I want to talk to you about today as part of my story. Some of the words in the beginning, they talked about God is light, God is love, God is hope. And that actually is God's story, and that's the story that we should be living and telling. Corey had asked me if I would tell you my story, and so today, this is not the very shortest version, but it also is not even the intermediate version or the long version, so um, you will not be here forever, and I will spare you all of the details. But our stories are very important. The older I get, the more I realize just how important our story is. And God's story is really told most effectively by you and by me and through our stories. So whether you want it to be or not, your story becomes a part of ENC's story. And I hope you want that to be a positive story at ENC. But your story is also a part of God's story. And we get to know each other and understand about each other when we know our stories. We're all unique individuals. As I look back over my life, the hand of God working in my life has been pretty miraculous. My pathway is not exactly where I started. I didn't really have a plan at that point in time. And as I look over things that I could not clearly see and see the hand of God working in my life, I continue to be amazed. If the Lord had told me back when I was sitting in a chapel service like this that he wanted me to be a college president, it would have just been all over. I probably would have even dropped out of college. It would have overwhelmed me with fear, and rightfully so. I did not have the skills to do that. But in the unfolding of God's plan for my life, I've learned to step out in faith, trust the Lord's leading, and in those moments and through my journey, my life verse became 1 Thessalonians 5.24. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. It's not about me. It's not about my wonderful gifts that I can give to the world. It's about what I'm willing to let God do in my life through me, with the emphasis on God and not on me. One of the very important factors that I hope you will see from my story is that leaders come in all shapes and sizes, all personality types, and that it's possible to be effective with significantly different leadership styles. In fact, it's best if we're not all alike. Some of you know exactly what you want to do. You have a plan. You're working that plan. You're networking. You're already making connections, and that is absolutely great. The only thing I would say to you about that is try to leave at least a little crack in there somewhere so that if the Lord has a more exciting plan that's a little bit different than yours, you would be willing to listen to what he has to say to you. But that's a very different story from my story. Some of you here today may identify with my story, and you may need encouragement to use your gifts and to step into the plan that God has for you. If you had walked into a crowded room and looked around the room and your eyes had rested on me, there's probably not a chance that you would have said to yourself, now I think she's a college president. It just doesn't happen. I'm not exactly what people usually think about as a college president when they meet me for the first time. And if it was a crowded room and I was on the other side of room, the room or in the middle of the room, you probably wouldn't have ever even seen me at five foot one. 
Quite often when I'm introduced to someone for the first time, their first expression before they have time to think about it is, you're not at all what I expected. Now, you're almost tempted to say, now what did you expect? But that could be a little dangerous, so I've just kind of learned to smile and say, you probably thought I would be taller. And they say, oh, yeah. Every once in a while, a second unguarded question comes out before they think about it, and um, they may say, so, what does your husband do? Now, that's a little difficult one, and in my gracious moments that I try to be all the time, I just kind of help them out of the awkward moment and say, well, actually, I'm single, never married. But since Corey confessed to snitching in chapel on Wednesday, I'll confess that I've had a couple of those moments when I was just tired. I've been in meetings forever, and it kind of caught me off guard, too, and I was not very gracious. I just looked at her. I mean, this was the first question they asked me about my whole life, and I just said, I don't have one. Now, that's not a good thing to do, and I'm not proud of that, and I'm not suggesting that you answer people like that and give those kinds of reactions. What it does help me to remember, even when I meet people for the first time, is that sometimes those first questions we ask have nothing to do with who that person is, and maybe we need to think about what our expectations are. I've also had those times when I'm sitting with my male colleagues at a dinner for presidents, and somebody will assume that I'm the spouse of one of the guys, whomever I'm sitting next to that day. And I have to kind of um, help them out of that moment, too, and say, well, actually, he's my friend, but his wife is my friend, too, and she's shopping right now. I kind of would like to be shopping with her right now. Uh, it would be a little more relaxing than this. But all of that just to say, we all have these expectations of what a president would be, what a dean would look like, what a professor or faculty member would look like, and even maybe what a student should look like. And we all come in different shapes, sizes, personality types. We all bring our own unique stories. And that is what makes for a wonderful community as we come together. There are some fun things, and I've just shared those about being a female college president. And there are many times when somebody will say to me, I bet that's the first time that an ENC president has ever said that. And maybe I'll start recording those sometime along the way. Um, but. I often don't fit the picture, and that's always been true. So how did this unlikely college president standing before you arrive at this position? One of the great benefits of aging, as I said before, is you can look back and see how God has worked in your life in miraculous ways. In my case, there have been several very significant intersections in my journey with individuals God has placed in my life. Actually, there have been so many that we could be here for a while if I started going down through the list and telling you about each and every one of them. You could say that I am an individual who has been nurtured, encouraged, and challenged by the church and the system of higher education in the Church of the Nazarene. God's gracious provision for me through these mentors has made possible the progression from student to graduate student to faculty member to administrator to missionary, to president at Eastern Nazarene College. I was a shy young lady in college who went to college because it was the right thing to do. I wasn't from a family of college graduates. My sister and I were the first in even our extended family to attend college. 
But it was very important to my parents that we both go to college, and not just a college, but to a Christian college. And they sacrificed greatly to help both of us be able to do that. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I didn't have that great plan. My plan was to go to college. I changed my mind, I don't know how many times in my senior year of high school. And so when I arrived as a freshman, I really liked math and I liked typing. And in those days, we had majors at colleges called executive secretarial, and so I thought that would be a good thing to do. So my first schedule looked something like this. Shorthand one, which was not my cup of tea. Typing, calculus, biblet, and maybe one or two other courses along the way. Not exactly a planned curriculum of any sort. I took calculus because I enjoyed math, not because it was a part of what I needed to do. And I just kind of kept doing that for the next two years and ended up with a minor in math. Um, I will add that probably if I'm confessing, there was a cute boy in calculus who needed it for his major. And uh, so maybe there was a little extra incentive along the way. But at any rate, let me just say that as I went down the road and went on to graduate school about six months out of college, I, in my first job, I began to look at MBA programs. And guess what one of the prerequisites was for an MBA program? Calculus. So there's one class or two or three that I didn't have to take along the way. And then a few years later, when I entered the doctoral program in economics, man, what a help two years of math were in my preparation along the way, even though they weren't a requirement. So no class is ever wasted. And one of the things I would say to you is that um, it's really difficult to tell right now, before you have all of these wonderful opportunities, just which classes will be giving you some of those wonderful foundational experiences and bases of knowledge that you may not be expecting to use later on. There was an entire world that gradually yet quite literally opened up to me that was not even on my horizon at that point in time. The years between the ages of 18 and 36 were sort of a professional coming of age for me. During those years as a student and then 13 years as a faculty member at Trevecca Nazarene University, many faculty members and mentors invested in me and befriended me. They weren't just my mentors, they were my respected friends. I was settled in that area, all of my family was in that area, I was comfortable and I was not an adventurer at that point in time, so it's not surprising that it took me three years to make a decision to leave Nashville and Trevecca and make the move to Olathe, Kansas and Mid-American Nazarene University. But it just seems like once I got started moving, I just kept moving. Eight years later, moved west again and uh, moved to Point Loma Nazarene University and then a quick and strong um, move back east to European Nazarene College in the edge of Germany and Switzerland and then to here in Boston on the east coast. A place, by the way, I had said for whatever reason, I don't know, that I would never live. So if you're still trying to figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life or what you're supposed to do with the rest of your life, take heart. A Christian liberal arts education can prepare you for many different paths, and no courses, again, are ever wasted.
To get from those days as a student to president of ENC was definitely a step-by-step process and following the Lord's plan for my life at each step along the way. Preparing as best I could for assignments that the Lord brought my way one at a time and walking through the doors as they opened. Doing my best in classes so that I could be prepared for the next step, even if I didn't know what that step would be. Deepening my relationship with Christ during those years on a Christian college campus, what a privilege that I count it today that I had that opportunity. Interacting with faculty members at a small college. There were faculty members in the business department there at Trevecca that saw things in me that I didn't see in myself. I didn't think about um, continuing on to graduate school or thinking about teaching or any of those sorts of things. It wasn't even a part of the world that I lived in. But their encouragement um, to step out, their invitation to do things that I would have never thought imaginable, and coming alongside me and being there with me is the reason that I was able to do some of those things. And I have to admit to you that I don't always walk through the door very quickly. Sometimes it takes me a long time. Um, And having those individuals by your side to encourage you was very significant for me. It's also very significant to me to know that we serve a very personal God who deals with each one of us where we are. All of our stories are different. All of our personalities are different. And the Lord knows me well enough to know that I don't just jump really fast. I have to have assurances along the way. And so giving me time to get adjusted to it, giving me time for God's will to become my will, rather than me just quickly giving up my will to follow God's will. God was very patient with me along the way many times when I would say, you know, um, thanks for that encouragement yesterday, but um, could you give me just one more little assurance today? I just need to know that this is what you're asking me to do, that it's not me moving in that direction, but that it's you. Seeing the patchwork quilt of my life from this vantage point and how the Lord fit all of the pieces together like a road map or a puzzle is quite amazing. I can now see in ways that are even difficult to comprehend the Lord's faithfulness at every juncture. I've experienced firsthand God's promises recorded throughout the scriptures. For me, it's been very important, again, to see how the Lord deals with me very, very personally. In those early years, I would have never imagined that I would go into graduate school, complete a doctorate in economics, have the opportunity to serve in several Nazarene colleges among many great leaders, that I would have the opportunity to spend six years in a small European village tucked along the Rhine in the edge of Germany and Switzerland, and be able to travel extensively in Eastern and Western Europe and experience the church at work in many, many different ways and different countries. Um, that I would have the opportunity to help develop quality theological education programs that could be taken to the people across the great geographic expanses of the Soviet Union, former Soviet countries, or that I would have the opportunity to walk through the streets of Moscow, Russia, with a 10-year-old missionary kid and see that great city, her hometown, through her eyes at 10 years old. The years in Europe broadened my global vision and cross-cultural experiences, stretching me in new ways that were sometimes exhilarating, sometimes quite challenging, sometimes painful. 
The journey has not always been easy. While it's been an incredible journey, I don't want you to think that it has been without pain. Um, There have been sacrifices along the way that you make in order to follow the Lord's will. There have been difficult situations. There has been pain. There have been heartbreaks. But what if those faculty members had not encouraged me to move beyond my comfort zone? What if somebody hadn't seen things in me that I didn't see and encouraged me to be willing to trust the Lord and step out in faith and take the risk? I could have easily taken a safer and much easier route, and it would have been okay. It wouldn't necessarily been out of God's will. It wouldn't have necessarily been a bad path. But I would have missed the richness of the experiences and relationships that have come my way along the journey. Areas that I would have never, ever known that I was even missing. As I reflect on my journey, there are some principles that I would like to share with you that may impact your journey a little bit if you decide to um, adhere to some of these. The importance of preparation. At each stage of the journey, you're building a foundation for the future God has in mind for you. Every step is very significant. Give your best to the task wherever you are. Do not be afraid of hard work. I was very much a behind-the-scenes person. Don't underestimate the value of hard work. Almost every leader would love to surround themselves with individuals who are willing to be servant leaders and take on tasks just because it needs to be done and it's the right thing to do, no matter who receives the credit. Be a good follower. In order to lead, you first must have learned to follow. Good leaders know what they do not know and are comfortable asking for advice and following when someone else has greater expertise. Be ready when opportunities come. You never know when they're going to come. You may be amazed, as I have been, with the doors that the Lord will open for you along your journey. Find individuals who will believe in you and from whom you can draw confidence and courage. Persons who will challenge you to move beyond your comfort zone and who will be honest with you about areas in which you need to improve. We all are constantly needing to improve. Invest yourself in a vocation, not just a job. A vocation where you can truly make a difference and where you can feel passionate about the work that you do every day. Be aware that there are different styles of leadership and service. Every one of us have our own unique set of gifts and graces. Know the style that you're most comfortable with and look for persons and situations where your gifts and style are both needed and compatible. In my estimation, as I've already said two or three times, there's no better place of preparation than a Christian liberal arts campus, a great foundation for whatever the Lord will bring your way. My challenge to you this morning is to discover your God-given potential, develop that potential through learning and discipline, and then dedicate that potential to God. It's only with God's guidance in your life that you can truly become what he has called and gifted you to be. As I mentioned earlier, my life verse has been 1 Thessalonians 5.24. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. As you go forward today, throughout the weekend, throughout the rest of the semester, do so with confidence, remembering that this is just as true in your life 
as it is in mine. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will also be faithful to encourage you and walk with you every step of the way. God bless you.